Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Progressive Field. The White Sox four. The Indians nothing. The Indians lose the finale of the series, but do win the series two games to one, and it's unfortunately a disappointing ending to the homestand. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And last night, the thing on the field was pitching. It was all about pitching last night. This game was a 0-0 tie going into the ninth inning, and it was really a battle between the two starters. Zach Plesak for the Indians, he went eight innings, three hits, no earned runs, no walks, and 11 strikeouts, just adding to the strikeout total for the Cleveland Indians starting pitchers. And for the White Sox, it was Lucas Giolito, pitching for the White Sox, and he went six innings, four hits, no earned runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. So a very respectable start there. And the White Sox bullpen actually came in and pitched pretty good as compared to that doubleheader the day before. Marshall comes in, gets uh, pitches an inning, with gives up nothing, two strikeouts. Bummer comes in, pitches an inning, nothing, two strikeouts. And Colomay almost fell apart in the ninth inning. We had the bases loaded in the ninth inning, and he got Domingo Santana to end the game. So that game was really all about pitching. And unfortunately, the Indians offense just did not have any thunder last night. No extra base hits last night. Jose Ramirez was the only one who was really swinging a hot bat. He was three for four with three singles yesterday. But unfortunately, the the batters behind him, Lindor, Santana, could not do anything to bring him in. If they would have put one run on the board, we're talking a completely different game here. Because the way Zach Plesak was pitching, the White Sox batters had no hope. I mean, 11 strikeouts, he struck out, and he spread them out too. Robert struck out twice, Grandal struck out twice, Abreu struck out twice. He struck out Tim Anderson so bad that Tim Anderson split his bat on home plate. He was so frustrated. And... Unfortunately, the Indians had their chances. They absolutely had their chances. They, uh, in the fourth inning, was probably their best chance at scoring. Cesar Hernandez walks to lead off the inning. Jose Ramirez singles on a line drive to right field. And uh, he could he it looked like a ball that could have gone for extra bases, but uh, Adam Engel was able to cut it off and get the throw in quick, so he holds him at first. We got runners at the corner. Lindor's up. Lindor strikes out swinging. He was down in the count. He was fouling off some pitches. He threw him a high fastball. He had no chance. And then Carlos Santana grounds into a double play, grounds it to Jose Abreu to end the threat. So we get runners on the corner, nobody out with our two best hitters up, and we come up short. Then in the sixth inning, bottom of the sixth, we uh, we get a few outs to start the inning, but Cesar Hernandez comes up again. He singles. Jose Ramirez singles. Um, almost an identical play. I swear if you were to overlay the fourth inning with the sixth inning, Cesar Hernandez at first base, Jose Ramirez up to bat, I'm pretty sure it would line up identical. And then Francisco Lindor walks this time, so Jose Ramirez a second. We got bases loaded, and Carlos Santana flies out to center field, really pops up to center field. So those were the two big scoring threats for the Cleveland Indians. Again, in the ninth inning, that's where the trouble starts. So Plesak pitches great. He pitches eight strong innings. That's all you can ask. More than you can ask from a starter. And then Brad Hand comes in. And Brad Hand starts to get into trouble. Tim Anderson starts things off by doubling on a line drive to center field. And Tim Anderson said that he knew what was coming because they used the exact same pitch sequence the night before. And I'm pretty sure he ripped a double off him too. 
So he pulled his hands in, knew a slider was coming inside, and ripped it to center field for a double. He walks Johan Makata. Jose Abreu was then hit by a pitch to load the bases. You still think there's a chance Hank can get out of it, right? There's a force. Maybe he can get a ground ball. Nope. He hits Jose Abreu. And then Yasmani Grandal, sack fly to Domingo Santana, brings in the first run. Edwin Encarnacion reached on catcher's interference, which in the ninth inning, oof, that's rough. So now the bases are loaded again. Adam Simber comes in. And Aloy Jimenez hits a sack fly, brings in the second run. You're thinking, all right, two runs, like, let's just get out of this. And then Luis Robert hits a very lazy single right up the middle and scores the final two runs. And that puts four on the board for the White Sox. And Robert did the right thing. His Simber left him a slider right down the middle of the plate, and he just took it right back up the middle. Didn't try to do too much with it. And for the Indians then, bottom of ninth got interesting. Jose Ramirez singles again. Francisco Lindor flies out. Carlos Santana lines out. You're thinking, okay, here we go. Our guys are blowing their chance again. Then Fermil Reyes singles. You're like, hey, there's a little bit of hope. Bradley Zimmer walks. Bases loaded. That brings the tying run to the plate. Domingo Santana, the guy we paid for to bring some power into this lineup, right? This is perfect. What a perfect setup. And then Domingo Santana grounds out to end the game. So... I mean, we had our chances. Clearly, the Indians had their chances last night. And they just didn't deliver. They were 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position because they didn't have that many runners in scoring position. You know? But like I said, there were there were singles. There was no extra base hits on the night for the Indians. So, a great pitching uh, start by Plesak. And the offense can't deliver for him. And the bullpen blows it in the ninth. And everybody's talking about Brad Hand this morning. And rightfully so. I mean... Brad Hand, it's a concern. And looking at some of the stats from fan graphs, it, the speed of his pitches are, are a little bit different uh, from years past. In the past, his fastball was up around 93, 93 and a half. It's down at 91 right now. That's what it's averaging. His, uh, his slider, is, he's also throwing a slider slower, which is strange. He used to throw it in the low 80s. And right now, his average speed on a slider is 79 miles per hour. So that's that's a little strange. I mean, maybe he's putting a little more loop into it, and that's what's causing it to be hit. So, I mean, we've seen this before, right? It's not that he's it's not that he's missing the strike zone or anything like that. It's that he's he's leaving some more hittable balls. Uh, if you dig further into fan graphs, his slider used to have. You know, basically, they have war for pitches, right? Uh, runs above average. So, basically, how effective that pitch is. And his slider used to be at 11.5, 8.9. Now it's at negative 0.6. So, he's just either he's missing with the slider or he's putting it right down the middle where these guys can hit it. And that's a problem. That's a problem for your closer. And I don't think. I don't think the Indians fans have any confidence in him right now. And I can't imagine the coaching staff still has confidence in him after this weekend or this week. Sorry. So we'll see what happens when we get into this series of Minnesota. Is Brad Hank still going to pitch the ninth or is Karen check going to pitch the ninth? Is Cam Hill going to pitch the ninth? There are some young arms on this team that might be ready to step up and handle these pressure situations. And it might be time to bring Brad hand into more of a setup role and see if he can figure himself out in the sixth inning and the seventh inning and see what he can do. For the White Sox, we got to talk a little bit about Giolito because 
in no way is Giolito, I would say, an ace-level pitcher yet, right? I do believe he was an all-star. Yeah, he was an all-star last year. So he was also the AL Pitcher of the Month for uh, May last year. So he's got some awards, right? He, he's definitely someone that's pretty highly regarded. And he's a young guy. He's only 26. And the way he was pitching last night, it felt like he owned the Cleveland Indians, right? I wouldn't quite go that far. His career against the Indians, he's 2-2. Two and two. He does have a pretty good ERA against us, 3.16. He is striking out 8.1 batters per nine innings against us. Uh, but, you know, 2-2, two and two, 3.16. I wouldn't say he owns us yet. I think it's still to be determined. But he definitely kept us off balance last night. And it's just fastballs and change-ups. Fastballs and change-ups. You... you our guys were sitting back when they were down in the count waiting for that changeup, and then they couldn't catch up to the fastball. Frankie Lindor was able to foul him off a few, but eventually he went high and got him. Now, the team he really owns is the Kansas City Royals. He's 6-2 against the Royals with a 2.75 ERA. He's also only striking out 8.5 per nine, but his whip is under one against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, against the Indians, it's close to one. It's 1.091. Against the Royals, it's 0.916. So, I would say the team he owns right now is the Kansas City Royals. We don't have to worry about taking that title yet, but we're going to keep facing him. Like, we're going to see this guy a lot. So we're going to have to figure out how to handle that fastball changeup combination. All right. Coming up next, we got a big series coming up. We are facing the Minnesota Twins for four, and... I know it's early and everybody's making jokes about how much the value of each game we play is worth. But right now, it's, of course, Minnesota and Cleveland sitting at the top of the division. The run differential is already plus 16. That's crazy. We are at plus 7. Somehow, Detroit is 4-2 and two with a run differential of minus 9. That's crazy in such a short time span. How can you be minus 9 and still be winning, you know, two-thirds of your games? So we got a big series coming up with Minnesota. Have they announced the starting pitchers yet? Yep, it's going to be Bieber against Barrios. And he didn't have a great start. Jose Barrios in his first start, his ERA is already at 11.25. So not the best. He only went four innings, seven hits, five earned runs, and one strikeout. So he did not start strong. But we have seen this guy before pitch at ace level. So him going against Shane Bieber tonight is going to be a fun matchup. And it's going to be a big series. And I, it makes me wonder, like, what do these teams fear when Cleveland comes to town, right? We know when Minnesota comes to town, it's the power. It's the home runs, right? And what are these teams? Are they just fearing our starting pitching? Do they fear our lineup at all? That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Do they fear Lindor? Do they fear Ramirez? Or do they think we can get through those guys? You know, maybe we give up a double. Maybe we give up a solo home run. We can get through those guys, and we can deal with the rest of the lineup. You know, I remember some of these other AL Central opponents throughout the years, right? Remember when Paul Canerico used to come up, when Miguel Cabrera in his prime would come up, when Torrey Hunter would come up. As Indians fans, you'd go, oh, this is trouble. Uh, this is going to be trouble. This guy kills us. Do What do other teams think about our guys? Do they feel that same way when Jose, when Frankie, when Santana, when Fermil comes up? Hopefully Fermil Reyes becomes that guy, right, that strikes fear into the hearts of opposing fans. So, you know, that's what I'm thinking about. I, I want this team to have that kind of identity. I want this Cleveland Indians team to be feared 
wherever they go. And right now, people are definitely fearing the starting pitching. I think we can all agree on that. They uh, they know they're going to strike out a lot. So hopefully we can hang our hats on that, but we need some offensive pop. We need it. We need some offensive power to scare some of these teams. And I remember it last season. I mean, sometimes these guys look like murderers row, and sometimes they just have absolutely no pop. Last night was one of those days where they just had no pop in the lineup. There was nothing to be afraid of in the Indians lineup yesterday. So it's a big series with Minnesota. Hopefully we can match them, you know, home run swing for home run swing. Hopefully our starting pitching can dominate the way they've been dominating at record levels. And it's going to be a really fun series against Minnesota. So that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Cleveland last night is the White Sox four, the Indians nothing. We'll be back tomorrow to cover that Indians-Minnesota Twins game. We'll be able to cover Shane Bieber against Jose Barrios. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show, and we'll play them back on the air. And we've already got two voicemails. It was fun. Thank you to Jeff and Steve for calling in. We'll respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.